We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome on in. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast for NFL Week 16. We are deep into the fantasy playoffs now. If you are lucky to have advanced, we've got what you need to help you get to your championship round this coming weekend. It all starts right here. Let's start the show. Welcome on in to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast for NFL Week 16. Thank you for joining us on the live stream. We've got a ton of people in here already. And if you're catching us on uh, the podcast form, much appreciated as always as well. Uh, Mario, got a ton to get to. So yeah. cutting the fluff. We got to just, we got to rock it here. So here we go. Saints, Rams, Thursday night, a couple of seven, seven and seven teams. Uh, facing off, there's a lot at stake in this one. Uh, the winner, of course, is going to have the, the all-important head-to-head advantage uh, on the tiebreaker over the other. Currently, the Rams sit um, ahead of the Saints in, in the pecking order um, in the NFC playoff race. Uh, the line is down to Rams minus three and a half over over at DraftKings, which I believe is a, is a small uh, decline from where we saw it earlier in the week where it was uh, Rams minus four uh your thoughts on how this game shakes out yeah i would have thought that the rams were looking pretty good in this one but it's one of those cases where the public is betting heavily along the same lines and yet as you said uh the the line is getting smaller uh with only about 31 percent of the bets on the saints there's a disproportionate uh bet in there somewhere or another so uh we might be missing something there it looks like the rams might be down two starters including uh havenstein he's questionable note boom i believe is out uh that line has been pretty effective at least in the run game this year so maybe that declines here maybe that puts stafford in some difficult situations that he hasn't been uh for for the last month or so for the most part uh in large part because the rams running game has been effective but that might kind of go away here at which point we we kind of need stafford to come through and I have no problem betting on the Rams still. Uh, maybe maybe it's the Rams win, but you know by less than three and a half points or something like that. But if they if they lose this game to Derek Carr, I'm just gonna <laughs> go for a long walk or something. Yeah, I think that that's the play. Um, but you know, when it comes to the Saints, they 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 find themselves in in better position uh, than they were 
uh, just a few weeks ago, but it's by virtue and on the strength of beating Tommy DeVito and, and Bryce Young at home over the last two weeks. I think tonight is a much, much different setup. The, the stakes are different. I think that um, yeah, the, the level of competition is just so much higher uh, in this particular setup. The, the Saints have been okay on the road this year, but I'm not sure that that they're going to be able to slow down the, this Rams passing attack. Uh, I have no qualms starting uh, Matthew Stafford th- this week where I have him. I would take having like a legit top five uh, type of option in my on my roster to to not start Stafford tonight, even on the short week. So, um, yeah, I'd say it's all systems go for the Rams. Yeah, the Saints have struggled with slot coverage all year, too. So I don't know why they would be the team to give Cooper Cup any trouble, even if Nakua were you know somewhat contained. And meanwhile, uh, yeah, Carr is just I, he's still awful. I don't care if he had one good game. No, not not even uh, in the slightest. Um, all right, let's keep pushing forward uh, onto the Saturday slate. Of course, we, we do have some more Saturday action. We got a pair of games on the 23rd. We've got the Bengals going up against the Steelers. Um, let's see here. Bengals, one and a half point favorites in this one on the road in Pittsburgh. And, you know, last week I, I thought was going to be the, the instance to, to buy back in on Pittsburgh. You know, they, they went from being heavy uh, favorites and blowing it against the Patriots and the Cardinals uh, to being underdogs on the road against an Indianapolis team that, that hadn't been great at home. So I'm like, ah, you know, maybe, maybe Pittsburgh digs deep, figures it out here, but uh, Mitchell Trubisky can, can really undo um, what has been, 15 years worth of, of like good Mike Tomlin results as an underdog. Um, so we saw what we saw there. And then on the, on the Bengals side, took them a while to, to get going on Saturday against the Vikings, but they're able to pull out the win to, to remain uh, in the thick of that AFC playoff race. Now they're favored on the road in Pittsburgh. It's something that we never would have thought uh, we'd be saying after Joe Burrow went out for the season in November. So, um, you know, how, how's this one shaping up in your mind with the move to, to Mason Rudolph uh, uh, as far as the Steelers are concerned? And, and what does that mean for guys like Deontay Johnson and George Pickens? Rudolph is bad. That's for sure. I have trouble believing that he's as bad as Mitch Trubisky, but maybe that's one of those things where, uh, yeah, I haven't seen Mason Rudolph recently enough. And I'm, I'm like romanticizing Mason Rudolph, you know, memories or something. But uh Trubisky's just so bad, dude. It's unbelievable how much he sucks. So I am optimistic enough to think Rudolph will be an upgrade. Um, I don't know what's going on with George Pickens. It seems like he's got some kind of issue with the team uh, because, uh, yeah, the, the whole thing about the blocking, like that's something that it, it's not that the issue is he's not tough enough or not doesn't have the motor or whatever. It's like he chose not to do it. So uh, that kind of stinks. I don't know what's going on there. But that theoretically could be to more of Johnson's fantasy benefit if uh, I don't know if they're going to penalize Pickens somehow. Uh, if they do, the, the catch 22 of that is if, if you want to make uh, this is a difficult spot for Mike Tomlin, admittedly, if you want to make like a disciplinary point, you make your offense really bad doing it. So uh, good luck with that, I guess. I uh, yeah, I. I would take the Bengals if I had to pick a side that the Steelers, you know, the Tomlin factor, it's still there. The defense is going to show up, but um, 
yeah, it just just seems like there's there's some trouble in Pittsburgh that they, as great as they are at withstanding, you know, the ups and downs of of a season. It's like this seems like a difficult spot that they haven't really been in. Yeah, and with with, uh, with Pickens, I mean that that play obviously stands out and has gotten more attention than uh, anyone would have thought uh, th- this week. But at the same time, like if you go back to George Pickens, like freshman year at Georgia, like all, all the way up until that play that this past weekend, that dude crushes cornerbacks in, in the uh, in the run game as a blocker. Yeah, he, he's making he's a, a point. psychotic blocker. Yes. He's making a point and yeah, different matter, different debate about like whether he's thinking clearly or has a good idea. I personally support him either way. I don't care. Uh, I think, but oh, yeah. I'm, I'm obviously like hostile to uh, NFL management. So um, yeah, who cares what I think, <laughs> but it is a problem for the Steelers and, and Pickens, if he's smart, if he, he might've had a kind of calculation in his head, he's like whatever point he's trying to make, he might be betting on the, the fact that that offense can't withstand the loss of him. So uh, if he's trying to apply pressure, he's he's maybe better at it than people would want to admit. Even it, it's like, do you have to cut your nose to spite your f- face here if if you're Tomlin? And it's it's a yeah, it's a tough situation that they don't need. No, absolutely not. And then on the uh, Bengals side, Jamar Chase dealing with that AC joint sprain uh, in his shoulder was not practicing as of Thursday. This game being on. Uh, Saturday, you know, that, that does we, suck. We, we don't have a lot of runway left. It did finally look like T Higgins showed a pulse. So, you know, good for all the teams out there that, that uh, in best ball that were not qualified, not advancing uh, to the playoffs after wasting a third round pick on Higgins. Then he shows up week 15. Very yeah. Good. I don't blame <laughs> him. I think it's, uh, it's so I was kind of joking at one point that uh, the, the, what was it? Uh, Burrow and uh, Bur- Joe Burrow was a Zach Taylor merchant because Jake Browning is is putting up similar numbers. But uh, to be serious, there's a definite distinction in that uh, Browning is not pushing the ball downfield. He's getting a lot of yards after the catch. Uh, he's, he's averaging about two yards lower average depth of target than Burrow did the prior years. So uh, that is bad for Higgins, especially because uh, he can run a little bit, but he's he's not like in all parts of the field you know, 10 out of 10 yards after the catch threat, like chases. Right now, different type of receiver, but um, he can go up and get it. Um, So if you feel good about him uh, in this spot, he's going to get probably some more targets. Does this elevate, you know, anyone like like a Tyler Boyd? um, It could. The slot has been an issue for the Steelers. Um, I can't remember if uh, I saw Fitzpatrick getting hurt. Yeah, he might be. So he's out probably. Uh, yeah, the slot has been an issue. They've had like a rotating cast there. The last I looked, they were doing kind of like a committee of this Trenton Thompson guy who I can't remember who he is and Chandon Sullivan, which to me seems like uh, they're really going through it. You know, that's I don't think you want to end up with those guys rotating in the slot. So uh, Boyd, it, it, you know, I, I think Boyd's a good player. Uh, I think he doesn't fit the offense that great, but what was it? The Texans game the last time where he had a pretty big game when one of those guys was out. So if, if Boyd can't step up a little bit, it, it does put the Bengals offense in a little bit of a difficult spot. Uh, Bengals offense. Yeah. Um, I guess the run game with chase Brown is kind of interesting, but I don't, I don't know if that's enough for like optimism in the face of these other concerns. Um, w- would you start Chase Brown in the flex if uh, if not for some some like clearly 
uh, better options? Do you think he sees enough snaps to, to end up being worth it? It's not where you want to end up. Sometimes you just kind of have to play guys like him in, in circumstances like these, but it's it's not a durable setup exactly. You know, he's, he's He took some carries for Mixon, I guess, but I, I don't know if I would expect that. Even as a Chase Brown fan and kind of like an anti-Mixon truther at this point, I don't know if I would expect Brown to be matching Mixon's carry counts. Uh, the passing downs is where Brown has to get it done, and it seems like he's kind of um, carving out a role, at least like what Samaje P. Ryan had last year. And then whereas P. Ryan's more like a, a, you know, a sledgehammer against the blitz and then a check down guy after that. Brown's more like a legitimate, you know, threat with the ball in his hands down the field, as we saw in that Colts game. So uh, it's not the worst spot if he, again, injuries, these things happen, but it's. It's a flimsy, it's a flimsy like role that he has, and and one that's probably somewhat like yards after the catch dependent, which can go up and down. Right, that it's very volatile. Um, the the type of usage and and yeah, the type of production that that he can put out there. So, probably not feeling great. I think that there's enough upside to where if you, if you are, are looking like a big underdog, um, in, in your league, and you have someone that that's more of like a fringy floor type of guy maybe you consider chase, uh, chase brown in that instance but for the most part um conventionally probably not going to be on, on most starting lineups this weekend um let's go on to the saturday night game we've got the bills and the chargers boy the bills woke up in a hurry and uh everyone is uh kind of all of a sudden I talking about, I, th- I think the AFC is so wide open to where it's like, yeah, they, they could be a legitimate contender. And, you know, a month ago, we wouldn't have thought so. Maybe even three weeks ago, we wouldn't have thought so. But they go into Kansas City, uh, pull out the, the narrow win, uh, and then just blow the doors off of the Cowboys last week. I think to put everyone on notice, they have a soft remaining schedule for the most part, other than the Dolphins, I believe. At the very end of the season, that game will be in Miami, so they don't get the the January advantage at, at home uh, against the Dolphins a little bit later on. But uh, they do get the Chargers this week, and it, it's enough to where Vegas has them as a double digit favorite uh, against uh, against the Chargers, and the Chargers uh, they just give them 60, 63 points to the Raiders yeah. to Aiden O'Connell last week. So I do kind of get it. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, I don't think the Bills have figured a whole lot out, personally. What what the difference was in that Cowboys game was James Cook had a huge game. And that was such a no-show by the Dallas run defense. That was incredible. I mean, sometimes these things happen where a defense can be effective in run defense or whatever capacity over the course of a year, even when it's 12, 13 games, and then sort of have a game where they don't show up or uh, a game where – in this case, I think it was the uh, Joe Brady basically saw something in the Dallas defense and the way they set up their run defense and thought like, oh, we can we can beat that. And he turned out to be very right about it. And Dan Quinn, for some reason, could not or would not adjust like just no show run defense over and over and over and over. And there's there's something that Dallas needed to do different, more like two gap stuff, basically, like Dallas was um prioritizing one gap disruption and cutting loose so many levels of the defense without actually winning at the point of the attack and, and cl- closing in on pursuit. And uh, cook was, was playing in rookie mode and 
even if he were able to sustain this level of production, he's not built to take that workload over the course of uh, however much time we have left in the year. So I think that's going to decline. Maybe Joe Brady's got something going here, but the Bills, in my opinion, won't get to where they could go unless they go to a three-wide offense, basically bench Dawson Knox, start using Dalton Kincaid a good four more yards downfield on his targets than they do. That would be, I think, a a durable, sustainable offense. But uh, in this case, I guess it's like the Chargers are so weak, it doesn't matter. I I think in this case, even the bad idea offense that the Bills have, this this two tight end, this this uh, let's use Gabe Davis in his four five five forty as a as a go route decoy, and then clear space for Dawson Knox. That's a crap offense, but against this Chargers team, it'll probably work if only because Josh Allen will kind of just stomp on them. Yeah, the 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 Chargers have completely given up. I mean, I, I like I don't As expect them to. Yeah, no, they they absolutely should. Uh, that was. Uh, a perfect way, I would say, for for the Staley Telesco. Oh, John. Yes. By the way, you you were you were extremely right about uh, the the defense question that uh, one of the one of the listeners had last week, and I think maybe that was technically the most wrong I've ever been about anything in my life uh, <laughs> because I I said the the Chargers defense because I was like, oh, it's Khalil Mack against uh, Colton Miller's backup. Uh, right. Points. <laughs> right. <laughs> 63. Um, but, y- you know, I mean, the, uh, the first time around, uh, Aiden O'Connell had gotten sacked like seven or eight times by, by that Chargers uh, defense. I mean, it made sense. I thought that going in at the very least, both defenses made sense. I mean, the over under was 34 or something like that. So uh, theoretically, <laughs> um, you know, that they, they both should have been fine. Um, but you know, there, there was one extremely right and one extremely wrong answer, uh, last oh, Thursday night. And I, I just sort of, sort of lucked into, <laughs> into that one, uh, as far as the, the Raiders were concerned. I mean, they, they, they had held, uh, Josh Dobbs and, and Nick Mullins to three points the week prior. I mean, you know, that's not nothing. Um, but yeah, be, beyond that, um, you feel comfortable starting any chargers this week? Uh, I'd rather I'd start Austin Eckler over Chase Brown if that's the scenario we're we're looking at, but uh, that's it, I think. Yep, it, it's uh, Palmer. I guess Palmer. You could go. He he could get like ten targets. I guess I don't know. Yeah, no, he he definitely um, you know came out strong last week. Obviously, a ton of garbage time, but even still, it seems like uh, with Keenan Allen not being at a hundred percent at this stage of the season, that that Palmer. I think is like a, a you know, a viable enough wide receiver three um, or a flex consideration. We have him exactly as a bottom tier wide receiver three, wide receiver 36 uh, this week in our rankings. So that's that. Um, before we get on to the Sunday slate on Christmas Eve, uh, we've got a message from our lovely sponsors. Uh, let's get started with our friends over at Circa. Get ready for the ultimate big game parties at Circa Resort and Casino. Super Sunday is in Las Vegas this year. Watch the big game poolside at Stadium Swim's big game viewing party. Massive screen, booming game sound, and a view of the pyrotechnic and visual effects throughout the game. Stack the best seat in the sun with daybeds, poolside boxes, cabanas, and more. Or touchdown at the world's largest sportsbook, Circus Sports, for the big game bash. Three stories of football glory featuring a 78 million pixel screen. Book your seat with a 
variety of reservation options, including bottle service, open bar, stadium-style food, and more. Don't miss these legendary viewing experiences on February 11th. The big game parties only at Circa Resort and Casino Reserve today at CircaLasVegas.com. We also got a message from our friends over at Blue Wire. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Okay, Sunday time. We've got the Colts and the Falcons leading us off here. We've got the Falcons as a one-point favorite in this one at home. Falcons... I mean, we were just talking about embarrassing losses, Mario. Like that, you know, you you can get embar- embarrassment can come in so many different forms. Uh, you can give up sixty three points to Aiden O'Connell, or you can score one touchdown against the Panthers and, and lose uh, nine to seven. Um, so it's like a choose your own adventure uh, of embarrassment, and and the Falcons chose the more boring uh, f- form of of, uh, of that. Now they return home. That they, they are going to start t- Taylor Heineke, I believe, the rest of the way. I was a, a bit of a Heineke believer coming into the season. You know, I kind of thought that he should be starting over Ritter, but his results midseason when they kind of turned the keys over to him were not overly encouraging. So, you know, I've, I've cooled on that sentiment. I think at this point, you know, Falcons just kind of playing out the string, hoping for any sort of pulse, maybe to find a way uh, into the NFC uh, playoffs, maybe via uh, winning that division. But, I don't know. Uh, Going up against Indianapolis right now, the way that Indianapolis is playing it, you know, I think this is one of the more surprising lines on on its face to see a team like uh, Indy uh, road or road underdogs against the Falcons. Yeah, I'm not sure 
who's placing these bets. But uh, so this one opened at the the, the Colts uh, favored by one point. Nearly three fourths three fourths of the public betting on the Colts, and yet the line goes two and a half points the other way. So uh, I guess Arthur Blank, let's say he's doing it. Arthur Blank has placed one single bet so big on the Falcons that explains it. And uh, we, we need not worry as people who can't figure out what the hell that guy is thinking, whoever placed that. But uh, Braden Smith being out is, is an ongoing issue at right tackle. I guess um, it, I assume uh, Jonathan Taylor is not like IR eligible yet, right? Like Or uh, to return, I should say. Because um, he's... Uh, I'll confirm that momentarily. Uh, so yeah, Moss is hurt is the thing. And uh, those other guys, I know Sermon and uh, that Iowa back did pretty good last week, but that kind of, that felt that like Tyler Goodson. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, it hey, felt like one right. of those things where the defense just kind of wasn't showing up after a while. And uh, anyway, it's, uh, it, it's not good if they go from Moss to Sermon or, you know, Goodson, although each of those guys, uh, they were at least good college players. The Pittman thing, I guess, is maybe what it comes down to. A, a concussion limited participant. I don't know. Uh, if Pittman were out, it would be very bad for the Colts, of course. But uh, I just, I just, I can't imagine Shane Steichen losing to Arthur Smith, who is quickly becoming just like uh, he, he's he's been a joke for some time, of course. But it's like he's he's just stacking laps on everybody else like he's just he's just becoming uh like a post ironic caricature of himself he's done of course uh for some reason arthur blank wants to wait a couple weeks but uh yeah that, I, I can't imagine arthur smith being the kind of coach that players are really you know like for pete carroll his his guys if they knew he were getting fired they're gonna go out you know trying to take out the world for him i can't yeah. really see the falcons caring about arthur smith that way that they would be able to sort of bridge the gap between you know the, the coaching abilities of these these two staffs and uh, i also think the colts just have more actionable uh actually usable talent uh, the falcons of course have tons of theoretical offensive talent that arthur cannot figure out how to use no they they, they cannot uh and therefore uh they i'm not buying them this week even if the line uh kind of is smelly um it does look like jonathan taylor was estimated um, as, as a full participant in practice on Wednesday, um, coming off of that thumb. So even if Moss is out, uh, we, we could three see... weeks though, right? Does it, do, do you need four? I can't remember how that crap works. Um, was he on injured reserve? I thought he was, maybe I'm just, anyway, I, uh, I, I guess, no, he can't be because otherwise he wouldn't be listed as, um, anyway, if Taylor's in, I, uh, you know, whatever Colts roll. Yeah. yeah but, the the listeners have have uh, listened before. We, they know the the sentiment from this podcast on, on one Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. So, um, it, yeah, wheels up. matter. Quarterbacks don't. They, they do. Um, let's keep rocking here. We've got the Packers and the Panthers. Packers four and a half point favorites. What's going on with the Packers, man? Uh, you you kind of have the, this like this gust of of goodwill coming their way that they start winning some games they get themselves into the playoff picture Jair Alexander's walking around with the with like one of those wrestling championship belts saying we're going to run the tight run the table uh and they should uh when you have a game against Tommy DeVito and then you're at home against the Buccaneers I respect the Buccaneers and all but 
Uh, Baker Mayfield being the first uh, opposing quarterback to have a perfect passer rating in Lambeau Field. What are you doing? It was just a bad setup, like a, a dangerous matchup setup for the Packers, I think, because their corner personnel was down so bad. I mean, Jair Alexander was saying that is, I love Jair, but it's like, man, you probably had an idea you weren't going to play for like two months, right? Like, didn't you, mm-hmm. d- didn't, didn't you, um, what, what changed here? I, I don't understand what changed there, but uh, he might miss this game too. So who, who knows what's going on? At first, it was a back issue really early in the year, and then he missed time with that, came back with it, then was uh, out again with the shoulder, and it's been a, kind of a standoff ever since. Um, the corner personnel was just busted, and Chris Godwin on one leg went nuts. Uh, Mike Evans, of course, being the the stable buccaneers receiver nowadays so and when chris godwin's going for 150 or whatever he did you're toast in 2023 you're toast uh i think godwin's great but i that that offense has not exactly maximized his abilities and uh that game just breaking loose like that that was that was kind of a game changing production variable for the Buccaneers. Like they had done, they, they had been whatever level of competitiveness that they were all year with Godwin doing closer to about the, a third of numbers like that in a given game. So for him to go 10, 155, it was just like that one detail could tell you, like, oh, the Packers are in trouble here. Because uh, they, being down a little bit of firepower themselves, you know, they, they can't they can't obviously muster a response proportionate to that. And they couldn't. So uh, it's, it's frustrating. I I, I still don't know what exactly to think about Jordan love. He's, he does just enough to kind of keep you from writing him off. And these, these receivers, uh, the tight end Tucker craft, even stepping up. There's, there's a lot of like sustainable, good momentum in that offense. Um, It's, it's more like the defense couldn't do enough in that game. And uh, I'm not worried about that against the Panthers. No. So did did the Panthers do anything last week to maybe make you change your tune on them? Or is that is pretty much just all Falcons defense is Uh, tough. That's all they got mm -hmm. though. And it's, it's um, JC Horn coming back was big. That gives them a, a legitimate plus rep at one corner spot, but Ajiro Vero is is pretty much lifting them up, and uh, I think Lafleur is a totally good play caller. I, th- I think he's one of the best play callers, actually. So while I, I fear a defensive coordinator like Vero Jiro, I don't know if I I don't, I don't know if it's enough on its own to 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 kind of just get a win here. Uh, I am a little worried for Jordan Love. I, I, I don't know how great his processing is. Like his processing might be pretty good. It, it's actually his accuracy that seems a, a bigger issue to me. But he'll need to be smart in this game. He 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 can't go uh, assuming everything is as it appears before the snap. You know. No, exactly. Especially like you said with with Giro Vero. Uh, dialing things up the, the way that he does. So uh tricky spot here, potentially for the Packers. I expect them to win, but as to whether I expect them to cover, um, I'm going to stop a little bit. We need uh, Jaden Reed in. I don't know if he's expected to miss any time, but he was not practicing Wednesday with a toe thing. Uh, so even if, even if, uh, you know, he does play probably not at hundred percent, the toe for receiver, uh, that's a, a tough thing uh, to play through at a hundred percent. Um, let's keep going here. We've got 
next up a pretty interesting game here. We got the Browns and the Texans. We unfortunately have some quarterback injuries on both sides. It's kind of starting to sound like Stroud uh, not going to play in this one. He was held out again uh, from practice on Wednesday. So seems like it's going to be the Case Keenum show uh, once again. And then on the Browns side, I think Flacco, um, I, I don't think that there's quite as much concern uh, as to his status, but he was um, dealing with, with a calf injury on Wednesday that, that made him a limited uh, participant. Yeah, Texans are just really beat up right now. Uh, we don't know if they're going to have Will Anderson, Shaq Mason's missing practice now. So when, when they're not even you know the Texans anymore, it, it becomes especially difficult to evaluate it. I would... Uh, yeah, Brown's got to probably roll here. It could get out of hand, actually. Um, what's his name? Uh, who's sorry? Who's who's the? Uh, I thought it was going to be Davis. What's his name? Who's the actual quarterback? That was oh, Keenum. Uh, was Keenum. Okay, yeah. I was like, can't, I can't tell if I'm uh, losing it. I'm thinking of Case Keenum in 2023 for some reason. Uh, that's bad. Yeah, Brown should be able to kind of. Uh, by a variety of ways, move the ball. Uh, Flacco has to keep it together, of course. Those those corners are playing good. Stingley's the real deal. But the Browns just have so much ability to dictate the script of this game that I, I think they can pretty consistently keep Houston in difficult spots. And what what do you make of of these Brown Browns pass catchers? You know, with, with Flacco, like did are they suddenly kind of like elevated in your mind? Like we've yeah. seen some of the best games of uh, Njoku's career and, and certainly some of the best games of, uh, of Amari Cooper's season with, with Flacco back there. They're throwing like 25 more passes per game than they were with PJ Walker and uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson. So you don't even really need much assurance on the, the efficiency level of Flacco that that usage that pass attempt volume is is major currency it's it's a you know stable usage for those receivers and uh i guess two weeks ago it was harrison bryant poached quite a bit i'd like to think we don't need to keep seeing him uh and joku really was always due for a huge season uh for years now for like five years now so uh, it's cool to see him get a, an extended shot, in my opinion. And, and Cooper is still playing at a very high level, of course. I don't, I don't know what to make of Elijah Moore exactly. He can, uh, I think, still turn for the better or worse in the long term. But uh, Tillman, I don't expect a whole lot of personally. It's, it seems like they're making him get a lot of like a dirty work, too. Yeah, I like Tillman for the future. I think he's big, physical. I, th- I think he could turn into into something but you know um you know nothing particularly on our radar for fantasy um for for the rest of of this season but just you know looking ahead to to next year of you know a late round uh round 17 type of dart uh potentially um on the houston side just kind of rounding things out houston you know being as banged up as they were they they were able to win in tennessee no small feat uh last week that they are home now, but they're you know pretty much equally banged up this time around. Nico Collins not looking great for this one. Do you, is there any kind of like tertiary options like, like your Noah Browns or, or Robert Woods, Xavier Hutchinson's of the world that that might uh, be worth a look? You know, as like a, a deep cut for for DFS or anything like that. Well, they're giving all the slot looks to Noah Brown, and uh, certainly last week Case Keenum could not push the ball downfield at all, but. I don't know. I think Greg Newsom 
if, if he's in the slot, I have a lot of trouble seeing Noah Brown do anything against certainly man coverage. And uh, yeah, I just, I feel like this could get out of hand. I don't, I don't, I guess Devin Singletary is all that the, the Texans have on offense that they can really try to build on. And that can only take you so far over the course of the game. So maybe close first half, but I, I just feel like the, the, the Browns have too much more firepower basically. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, and the defense is nastier and, and healthier um, in this particular spot. Um, let's keep going. We've got the Lions and the Vikings. We've got the Lions checking in as three-point favorites in this one on the road. So were you impressed at all with, with you know how Minnesota was able to fight last week uh, in Cincinnati? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, they kind of they were juiced a little bit by Addison having a really big game. And I'm a big Addison fan, so it's not like um, I can't it's not like I can't believe he would do that. But I don't know if they can bank on that return every time. I think you can bank on the Mullins interceptions pretty much every time. That guy was an interception machine even at Southern Mississippi. He's a He's got like, you know, the gunslinger mindset, but not the gunslinger tools. So he kind of takes shots that he shouldn't. And that's just who he is. So um, they're, they're, they're interesting. They're not a, they're not a pushover team. Like a lot of teams down to their, uh, I guess you'd call it quarterback three uh, would understandably kind of fall off a cliff and they haven't. So uh, that's good to see. I still think their defense gets by pretty much on a bunch of, blitz bluffs and and kind of just banking on the quarterback getting spooked by it but i guess Goff even at home has given us some con- reasons for concern along that line i know he had a big game last week but i don't know broncos have have just a bad defense and uh this this defense of the vikings maybe it's maybe it's kind of smoke and mirrors but it's gotten a decent amount of results so Goff could blow it despite throwing five touchdowns last week it's a it's it doesn't change who he is you know so um if we have two quarterbacks that are liable to kind of screw over their own offenses then the defensive question gets more concerning for the Lions too because I don't think their defense is better than the Vikings it's uh I like Aaron Glenn but those corners can't play really and uh they don't have a pass rush it's like Hutchinson's just kind of uh on his own as far as that goes so right. it's a it's a pretty dangerous spot for the Lions, but if if they can if they can keep the receivers in front of those corners, both Jacobs and Sutton can definitely you know get their hands on something from Mullins. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do uh, have some concern about the the interceptions if if I'm backing the Vikings here, but either one. Going, I mean, Goff can goof it. He can do it. Yeah i I think I'm just going down with the ship. Uh, I'm a I'm a Lions doubter. Put me out there. Put me on. Uh, I think this makes I think, you a hater. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, like, I, I was on the Broncos last week. That's bad. But, you know, maybe the Broncos just really are frauds, and, and I totally fell for it. But I, I don't think that the Lions crushing them really proves a whole lot. Um, no, not at all. So do it again, Lions. You know, that that's all I'm saying. So I, I, I do uh, like the Vikings here in the spot. Ty Chandler impressive to you? I feel like he's running pretty well. Uh, it was an easy matchup, and uh, it was a good game. But I mean, he's 
a limited player, and I am pretty confident that defenses will realize he can run about three plays well and uh, kind of stuff him as a, he's got good hands as a pass catcher. He won't drop passes, and he'll uh, if there's open space, he's of course fast and can take it. But I just I don't think he'll ever be able to find space if it's not directly created in front of him. It's funny how that like seemingly every year the Vikings for like the last like five or six years. Uh, we've had to rely on like a Vikings backup running back to like save our fantasy season. Going back to who is Mike Boone? Yeah. There's like the famous Mike. He's played for like six teams. So I can't even remember, but uh, yeah, Uh, it it is a, it is a good usage spot for Chandler. If, if Madison remains out, which uh, he wasn't practicing. Uh, Is that a high ankle that he got? Um, Anyway, if, if Madison's out, then, the problem here, even though you still like Chandler as a flex player, or whatever, the Lions have been tough against the run. They they don't really do a whole lot else on defense, but they are that much. Mm-hmm. Well said. Um, let's keep going here. We've got the Jets and the Commanders. Game of the week. Uh, yes, you, you could, definitely. You could argue if you're uh, a totally insane person. Um, Jets, three-point favorites in this one. Commanders, Looks like they're they're going to stick with Howell. I think is is the last uh, that we've heard there. Although he, you know, obviously didn't finish the game uh, last week. We saw some uh, Jacoby uh, Brissett enter the game, but you know Howell in a, in a pretty decent spot last week against the Rams. Goes eleven for twenty six for one hundred two yards. Throws the pick. I mean, it was it was ugly from him. And I know that you've kind of pointed out that even for fantasy or even with the fantasy considerations concessions. Uh, being made Howell is you know, a bit of a rough watch um, a lot of the time that this year that certainly bore out to be the case uh, last week in LA going up against the Jets I mean it doesn't feel like it, it gets a whole lot easier in this instance especially you know on the road in the elements yeah I guess uh, it was, sorry is it supposed to be a uh, bad weather there is it rain uh, it's just you know Jersey in in late December okay. so um the one, the one thing is, it is possible that the Rams were a uniquely difficult matchup for Howell and this, the style of offense that he and Washington have run. Uh, it's kind of like a spinning your wheels, staying in place kind of passing game, just doing it a lot, not really going too far. And the Rams, um, maybe I should have anticipated this. They are because they are a money ball corner rotation. It's like they categorically can't be very ambitious with their cover like they can't let those guys end up too far downfield all that often and they're at their best when they are not taken there you know if if they're at their worst downfield they're at their best underneath Howell has no vertical game that's probably that's that's so bizarre too it's like he's 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 at North Carolina he was chucking it downfield all the time like too much basically and in this offense he's only checking down which is I think the most direct reason why Terry McLaurin has been such a disappointment it's like Terry McLaurin is going to get that double team and you got to be able to hit him downfield after he gets a little space to break out of it and it's it seems like Howell just kind of looks quick not there checking down to Samuel I'm checking down to somebody checking down to a running back and uh the Rams are comfortable in that area of the field most that's the, where they're most comfortable so in a way if the Jets take certain risks that uh, you know the Rams didn't and expose certain parts of the field, Howell might get there 
uh, better than he did last week because we're, the Rams just basically were like, we don't believe you. We're just going to sit here. We, we don't believe mm-hmm. you. And uh, we, whereas the Jets, I think it's kind of in their nature to be like, we don't believe you, but we're also going to send three guys to try to kill you on this play. And yeah, <laughs> you know, in addition to our four down linemen and um, maybe that's actually a better situation for Howell because he, he, he isn't like he he's in, he, he's in more duress maybe, but he's less confused. You know, it's like, he's like, Oh, there's, I got to throw the ball over here. Cause these guys are, are no longer over there. Like they can't be, uh, but it is a bad setup either way. Howell, you know, he's in his second year. He's not that old. He's got time to improve, but he needs to get a lot better before he sees the field again. And right now he basically can't play. Yeah. But I mean, they're going to send him out there anyway. Yeah. Like, so, um, you know, that take that for what you will for, for fantasy purposes. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the weeks in which Sam Howell found his way into my best ball starting lineups. This oh year. yeah. I thank him sincerely for those, but I'm not expecting a single one of the, one of those, um, the rest of the way each of these last um, three games. And then on the Jets side of things, they scored 30 points against the Texans. <laughs> then they gave up 30 points and scored zero in Miami. So which is it? <laughs> is it somewhere in the middle? Did they score exactly 15 points this week? <sighs> I don't know. It, it might mean that we're back to 30, nothing, uh, them winning, but yeah, I just, uh, yeah. Washington's busted. They, they have no culture. The jets are struggling, but they have a culture. The Zach Wilson is not one of the good components of it, of course, but, uh, man, what a, what a ridiculous quarterback depth chart they have. Uh, I think if they should be fine though, Washington, I don't know. I just, I just don't know how Washington kind of ex- makes any drives happen. I don't know how they, uh, short of Zach Wilson, just handing the game to them. I don't know how the, the Washington defense really does a whole lot. Like you could imagine, I think Zach Wilson throwing the ball something like, I don't know, 17 times. And then Brees Hall gets a lot of work. Maybe, maybe, this would be a good time for uh, a Banaconda to get a look if you're, if you're the Jets. I don't know. I, th- I think they might want to do that if he can play. Uh, but even otherwise, maybe even Dalvin Cook gets going in this game. I don't know. Washington just is too bad of a defense, in my opinion. Like the, they are worse of a defense than the the Jets are of an offense because the Jets have Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson. Yeah. So I do like Garrett Wilson in, in this spot. It's it's been a slog for him all year, but I feel like he deserves like a gold star for for being like a a still pretty solid receiver for fantasy, despite having to play with with Zach Wilson and Tim Boyle all year. Yeah, uh, Brees Hall, too. I mean, I know it didn't happen last week, but it's going to happen this week. OK, I can I can see that um, a, as well. Yeah, that Washington's defense is just. It's bad. It's really bad. Um before we get on over to our next game, we've got a couple more messages here. We've got a message from our friends over at Oddsar. Are you ready to revolutionize your sports betting approach? Begin with a two-week free trial at oddsar.com, where cutting-edge AI technology sharpens your edge in the betting game. Benefit from our proven two-year track record, boasting a 60% accuracy rate and an impressive 10% ROI. The Oddsar... AI meticulously sifts through extensive data to reveal the high value green value plays guiding you towards smarter betting decisions. And it's not just about the numbers. The odds are app is exceptionally user-friendly crafted to be your go-to betting advisor right at your fingertips. 
Jumpstart your journey to betting smarter and more successfully. Simply visit the iOS or Google Play Store, download the Odds Are app, and step into a world of confident betting. Your path to a more strategic betting experience starts with our two-week free trial. Download today, where smart strategy triumphs over luck. And we also got a message from our friends over at Splash Sports. Rotowire is proud to partner with Splash Sports for the 2023 fantasy football season. Splash Sports empowers gaming commissioners to earn by creating contests. Commissioners can set up contests at their style and enjoy the evolving Splash Sports platform for customized preferences. Daily, season-long contests, Splash Sports caters to various playing styles such as Pickaxe, DFS, and traditional Survivor. And unlike traditional sports books, Splash Sports pits you against friends and family, not the house. Splash goes beyond betting, a space where friends can connect, strategize, and share in the excitement of sports. Rotowire will be running weekly DFS tiers contests on Splash Sports all season. Can you beat the Rotowire experts? Visit rotowire.com slash splash to enter today. All right. We are getting on over hey, to... Hey, John. Yes. Real quick, Jamar Chase ruled out. Ruled out officially. So yeah. that I feel like if you were going to start Browning... Maybe you reconsider, but it, it you know, yeah. would, you, would you do Browning or Kyler in Chicago? Uh, um, uh, right, Kyler, is that an Kyler, insane Kyler. question? I, I go with Kyler, yeah, okay, all right. Not that I feel great about it, clearly, I don't. It's what a world, what a world. Um, I think Jake Browning being like kind of awesome and Joe Flacco being kind of awesome, John, uh, is yes, what do we always say? quarterbacks don't matter they don't that's true that's true uh this this year beautiful proof of that joe flacco was just hanging out on the couch it's somewhere in new jersey like a month ago and look at him now he's like got the i'm like the most scared of the browns of any of the afc when will teams stop giving big contracts to quarterbacks daniel jones costs 160 times what joe flacco does and look what that got the giants quarterbacks don't matter Preposterous. I mean, come on. I mean, the, the Browns looking like geniuses, but by uh, extension, why, why would you uh, saddle yourself to Daniel Jones for even one year when you can just have Joe Flacco for like a couple months? Um, anywho, onward. We've got the Titans. We've got the Seahawks. I guess this is a game of, of potential QBs don't matter because I, I believe quarterbacks on both sides of this one are dinged up. Um, the, the spread in this game, we've got the Titans as two and a half point underdogs. I was, you know, pretty shocked at, at what we saw on Monday night. I, I think that um, it, it's going to be worthwhile a, a deeper discussion on on Philadelphia um, as we get to their game a little bit later on in the show. Uh, Geno Smith is off the injury report, um, but you know, with what Drew Locke did on on uh, on Monday night, do, do they keep with him? I'm, I'm not totally sure. Um, and then on the other side, Will Levis got, um, you know, bent pretty badly um, in that uh, Texans loss. So unsure if, if he's going to be ready to go in this one. Yeah, uh, it sucks for Levis. I, I do think Tannehill's probably the better player right now if he's healthy. But uh, who knows? Who knows if it matters either. Uh, Drew Locke versus Geno, I think, is a. it's definitely Geno, uh, in my opinion. If he's able to play, I guess I, I don't have any sense at all of where he is in his recovery or whatever but uh 
Locke is always just too much of a wild card. You know, Geno Smith, he's he's not a world-beating quarterback, but he gives you some stability that Locke just kind of, at this point anyway, doesn't really have. But I uh, I think you like the Seahawks either, or I like the Seahawks either way. I think their defense... Their, their defense is a little weird. It's like it's not perfectly balanced, but they're they're showing up against the run. They got some pass rushers. You know, having Leonard Williams in that front four, uh, the, the over the guard, the center, that's a pretty big deal. They got two edge rushers who are who are kind of popping, even though they don't have a um, even though Nwosu's been out for most of the year. They Daryl Taylor and uh, what's his name uh, Boye Mafe. They're they're doing pretty good. So I think the Seahawks are are. A, legitimately tough team you know they're, they're obviously again not world beaters but they're a tough team for, for most teams whereas i think the titans are only tough for some teams and I, and I don't know if the seahawks are one of them like specifically the corners for the titans cannot cover dk metcalf in particular and those those corners i think are just going to kind of carry too much stress in this game for the titans defense to hold up uh, even if it's Drew Locke, in my opinion, I, th- I think the Titans uh, are kind of in a difficult spot on defense. It, one of my favorite little like takeaways from from Monday night's game: Drew Locke likes to get out there and block. You notice that? Yeah, I mean he's he's a uh, by all indications Drew Locke has a, a heart of gold. I mean he's a uh, he, he uh, you know takes the game seriously. He's a uh, but he's he's also like a you know good natured kind of. Uh, surprisingly humble maybe even kind of person so uh yeah i i, I don't think it's uh, surprising that he he uh you know doesn't consider himself above blocking I, I think he uh he kind of seems to relish the chance to sort of i don't know to, to just share the burden with his teammates or whatever yeah and knock somebody over um who you know he's not a not a small guy pretty good athlete actually no. I, I think yeah he's really athletic Mr. Basketball in the state of Missouri way back when. So, I mean, he's, yeah, it's, it's not nothing uh, that, that he's working with there. Just Gino, I think, you know, to your point is, is probably the better option. Are you benching Derrick Henry? Uh, it over. You don't have to, but you could, but yeah, I mean that, that it's the thing is it's still not his fault. You know, it's like, it's it, at this point, the main problem is it's like the Titans don't have enough looks that they can or are willing to run from his, his, uh, play packages and then uh yeah you see last week a defense could just kind of sell out against them and in that case it's like they they didn't care like what else happened you know they just kept selling out against the run kept selling out against the run and uh the seahawks probably can defend the run pretty well it's like i I think they might be vulnerable to to off tackle kind of runners uh fast runners who can basically make bobby wagner run to the edge derrick henry has never really been that kind of player even at his his best is like he's he he clobbers you up up the middle it's like tennessee's offensive line might be the worst in the league the seahawks again especially after the williams trade they have personnel in the interior so uh another i I don't like the setup for derrick henry which is maybe the biggest reason why i don't think the titans are seriously competitive here yeah good good point i mean but you know, I, I can always talk myself into the Titans at home and talk myself into uh, Vrabel as an underdog. We'll show but up. I, yeah, but I, I think conventionally, uh, maybe the Seahawks 
uh, showed enough that this past week. I mean, it was it was pretty impressive. Metcalf versus those corners. It's Christian Fulton, mm. Roger McCreary. They got they got short arms. They're not that fast. It's like you just can't match up with Metcalf with that kind of personnel. It's like you need Traverius Ward. Mm. And uh, yeah, it, he is he's out in San Francisco, right? So yeah, not for the Titans. Yep. So that that makes sense. He did play at Middle Tennessee. They screwed up. Traverius Ward did. Yeah, he went undrafted and was on the Dallas practice squad before the Chiefs signed him a couple of years ago. I remember yeah, him Dallas starting out on the Chiefs. Wow, yes. Yes, they did. Holy crap. Oh, Dallas kind of has a, a way of, of finding some some undrafted gems over the years, but that, that one uh, they whiffed on. Um, our guy, Elliot, has a couple of pretty interesting uh, dilemmas, so I wanted to unpack these with you. Isaiah Pacheco coming back this week against the Raiders. Rasheed Rice... How is he doing oh, that? That's so crazy. Anyway. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I almost like don't want to trust it. And like, it, yeah, I don't know, but uh, move, moving on. And then uh, you got Rasheed Rice and then Trey McBride uh, going out uh, to, to Chicago to face the Bears. Like, I want to find a way to start McBride almost regardless, <laughs> you know? <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Uh, yeah, he's rolling. It's crazy. Um, I Man, this is a tough one. It, it, it's It's a... Sorry, what's that last name? Oh, thank you so much. Oh, that, yeah. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know that one. Uh, <laughs> you Chicago's... don't see that too much. <laughs> <laughs> what could that possibly mean? Yeah. Uh, Chicago's been pretty tough against tight ends. I, I know that McBride is in a category right now where it's like he's not even a tight end. He's just like the Cardinals offense. Yeah. And that, that is that is a, a point to keep in mind. Man, I don't know. Uh, I'd have trouble benching either of Pacheco or Rice, though. I mean, I think if I was going to bench one, man, ah, I wish I knew more about this Pacheco. Did he get, like, assist removed? What, how do you come back in one week from a sh- shoulder surgery? The yeah, shoulder's clean up. all full of crap, and it must hurt to cut it open. Um, uh, okay, maybe maybe Rice and McBride, but it's it's tough. I don't know. Rice and McBride. Final answer that that one is definitely breaking my brain, but I think the tiebreaker is Pacheco's being the one coming off the injury. And yeah, Rice, Rice is, uh, for lack of a better word, uh, cooking in in his own right um, as well. And then Stafford or Baker, this one. I mean, we have them as ten and eleven, so like it, it's a legit coin flip. I'm not going to say which is which, but you know, Baker coming off the awesome game, so you're buying a little bit high. Also has a little bit more of a rest advantage. Going to that game, whereas Stafford going to be at home, but shorter uh, rest window going up against probably a tougher defense, whereas Baker gets, you know, the, the Jaguars. Uh, if Tyson Campbell's back, I might consider the Jags the tight uh, and especially if, if Cisco is also back. I don't know what the, either of their deals is, but I'd probably go Stafford. Admittedly, I don't I don't have like a great case for it. I'm kind of defaulting to just who I think the better player is, but also the the Saints are still without Marshawn Lattimore, and even though I think Elante Taylor is is basically a good corner, I think he's kind of playing out of position. They've tended to keep Elante Taylor in the slot, and then on the boundaries, there's Paulson Adebo, and lately uh, after the Lattimore injury, Isaac Yadam. But Taylor versus Cup might be a pretty big mismatch, just because it seems like Taylor is built to play outside and not in the slot. So if Cup has one of his you know ten catch 140 yard games then that gets him you know 
almost passed Baker right there for me. Get Stafford almost passed Baker right there for me. Yeah, I mean the the weaponry is is definitely better for Stafford and Stafford the the better player. But and Baker's you know red hot right now. But you know was, I'm worried about Godwin specifically falling back to like a third of his production from last week. And Evans could do much more. Like he can offset some of that. I just Trey Palmer is their third leading route runner. You know it's, it's ridiculous. He can't do anything. Right, exactly. So that the, the depth isn't quite there. Uh, the same way, I I'm going Stafford, but I, I think it's you tough, can really yeah. not go wrong. And again, yeah. if if uh, I wish I knew if if uh, Taylor or sorry uh, Cisco and and Tyson Campbell were out because if they were out, then admittedly, yeah, the Jags defense isn't that great at that point. And then uh, let's see here. We we also have one where I'm I'm trying to start both these guys. Like, I, I don't yeah. mind using a tight end. Like, in the current fantasy landscape, like, a wide receiver three over either of those guys is crazy to me. Like, it has to be, like, a high-end wide receiver two for me to consider them over Njoku or, or Laporta. I think Laporta you're starting for sure, but we have Njoku as tight end six this week. I agree with what you said. Yeah, I mean, Njoku's, for about two months now, been getting – he's had 106 targets. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's crazy. So, yeah, 14 target tight end. You got to try to find a way to keep that guy active. See, so I think, uh, you know, if you have kind of a fringy um, wide receiver three, uh, let me see if I can come up with like a good example. Uh, Devon, I want to just Palmer. Like Josh Palmer. Um, you, or uh, you'd, you'd start him over an Odell, a Deontay Johnson. Um, I'd probably, I'd probably start these guys over Jordan Addison even. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a big line. Addison fan, but uh, yeah, he's third in line on his team. And, and Joku is like tied with Cooper for mm-hmm. targets lately. And uh, <clears throat> Laporta is not such a target hog, but he's just really, really good. Yeah, he's he's unbelievable. This this has been a marvelous year for, for the late round uh, tight end steals and pretty miserable for, for anyone that paid up for, for tight <laughs> <Yeah>. end. <laughs> Golly. Um, okay. Pushing on, we, we've got a few more games to get to, so let's rock them out. We've got the Jags and the Bucks. Uh, you kind of just gave your your breakdown on on the Buccaneers side of this one, as far as the facing the Jags defense. Um, uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick. Oh, sorry, John, we got a little bit of a leg there. I was I was just gonna interrupt and and say like, yeah, uh, I'm I, I like Baker. I, I I wish him well and stuff. But if Cisco and Campbell are back for the Jags, I worry about that Tampa offense. You still like Rashad White a lot in fantasy. Uh, Otten's even coming on a little bit lately. I just think that the Jags defense is uh, is a tough one for an offense like the Buccaneers. And uh, especially if Vita Vey still hurts, I think that the Jags, even though I hate that offense, the way they run it, I think they have just kind of too much talent to not accidentally take care of business there. Hmm. I like the Bucks. Fair I like enough. the Bucks. Something's wrong with the Jaguars right now. Some. Oh, I don't know I'll, if they, I'll don't buy know, that. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to fix it. I, I know. Uh, you know, our our takes on on one Sherwood Press Taylor are, are <laughs> well established. I I I went to the Jags game on, on Sunday night. I, I got you know I'm certainly not front row and center. I was way upstairs, but a lot of just. Uh, Trevor throwing it way too hard to ETN, who's getting crashed down on five yards behind the line of scrimmage by a linebacker. That's it. That just seemed like offense. their offense. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's it's looked at the same way to me even since week one, man. It's just like this isn't going to work. But uh, yeah, the Jags defense is what would have to kind of carry them, which just ETN or the defense have been the only reasons that the Jags have won any games this year. And when either of them can't carry the team, they lose. Right. And uh, I think we are probably looking another at another one of those instances. So like the, all of a sudden, the uh, the AFC South uh, might be kind of wide open. And uh, if if the Rams win on Thursday night and the Bucks win uh, on, on Sunday, all of a sudden they, they are really in a nice position to, to make the postseason. Um, Buccaneers? Yeah. They're like rolling that division up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So they need that Saints loss, but yeah. um, I, I think they, they could really put some distance uh, between themselves with, with uh, what, uh, two games to go after this coming week. Um, this one pertains to, to this game. We've got Evan Ingram or Trey McBride. I'm going McBride. McBride pretty easily for me. Yeah. Uh, and also it, it, Nico Collins might be back this week for the, the other question is Amari Cooper versus Nico Collins. Nico might be back this week, but Joe Flacco's thrown 45 passes three games in a row. I, I got to go with Cooper. Yep. And Cooper's been awesome with those. Speaking of McBride, we've got the Bears and the Cardinals. The Bears four point favorites at home in, in this one. Cardinals, I thought, you know, for running into the into the buzzsaw that is the 49ers, they didn't wilt uh, necessarily last week. You know, they put up, I think, what, 29 points uh, against the 49ers. So a respectable outing, but Kyler going out into the into the weather here against the Bears. I definitely understand why why the Bears um, are favored the way that they are. as someone who who picked the Bears plus three and a half last week or whatever it was, I knew that they were going to blow up, blow it when they were up seven going into the fourth quarter. It's like I, trusting them in a spot like this is only going to result result in pain. I can understand for for a brief moment what it's like to be a Bears fan, and it it seems awful. Yeah, uh, you hate to see it. It's like your one Super Bowl, one sniff of the Super Bowl with a Rex Grossman team. Your your mm-hmm. your your actual offensive MVP is Devin Hester, and this is this is the best it can ever be. Apparently, yeah this this is a this is more stuff that they don't deserve to be subjected to. Uh, looking at the injury report, uh, the one good corner for the, the the rookie from Syracuse, the Cardinals have he's uh, missing practice as of Wednesday. So Justin Fields, uh, he, he he's not the perfect quarterback or anything, but I I think he's got a lot of really loud strengths like uncommon strengths and uh luke getsy's a, a total goof but the, this this is a setting where i think that the cardinals probably lack the the personnel means to put fields in difficult situations like this might be matchup wise circumstance wise this might be the closest thing justin fields has played in the nfl to a uh, an ohio state game uh, like it's just the Cardinals just don't have anybody at corner. It's just a total mess. So DJ Moore should be open as he usually is. Someone else is probably going to get open. I guess Komet, he's he's kind of rolling, but there might be a third player even. And uh, if Justin Fields is getting a third target going, the opponent is in a lot of trouble because that that means he's pushing for 300 yards. And he, of course, can run for upwards of 200 in any given game. So it's a spot where fields could go pretty nuts if the weather isn't too hostile. I can see it. I can see it now. Can the Cardinals punch back? 
That's tougher. Uh, I can't tell for sure what they're trying to do on offense exactly. It seems, uh, understandably, they've kind of gone to a McBride-based offense, uh, him and James Conner anyway. So I don't know how phased out Marquise Brown is, but at the very least, the returns weren't there. Outside of the first 49ers game, for some reason, Marquise Brown has been hideously inefficient all year. So uh, the McBride-Connor offense, I guess that's kind of weather durable, isn't it? Like that's not – that's mm-hmm. like a – that'll travel in the winter pretty well. But it's not the starting point you really aim for. And, and the Bears have been pretty tough against the run this year. So uh, I take the Bears to win. I don't know how much I expect the Cardinals to to match jabs with them. But I, I, I was I like Kyler. I don't think Kyler's bad. I think it's more like – it's just kind of a difficult situation. There's a lot of, there's a lot of disruption and in, in having to try to like build an offense on the fly in a season that you're returning from an injury like that with a new coaching staff, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of personnel ch- turnover to at receiver. So uh, it's a difficult spot for our traveling Kyler in this one. Yeah, no, no question about that. A lot of stuff working against uh, the cards in that spot. Um, let's go to the fraud bowl. Cowboys, Dolphins, who's the fraud? Um, Both in a way. I mean, the whole league is a joke this year. The, it's uh, it's like, it, it, do you remember that, that Steelers-Seahawks Super Bowl and the Seahawks got in and, as like a very patently weak NF, NFC team? It's like, oh, yeah. we're, this is a year where it's like, uh, there's not even a Seahawks team to or maybe there is i don't know i guess maybe i'm going a little that team pretty much sucked but uh there's there's just no real competition for the the 49ers especially with the eagles falling off dallas might be able to be that team i don't think that i think the dolphins could if they had better person like if you gave mike mcdaniel the dallas roster i'd be like oh hell yeah they're taking it They're, they're they're gonna do it but um dallas still is run by mike mccarthy and He's probably an average coach, you know. It's like, I know I, I want to bash the guy for all these various things, but he's probably average. And in this league, the the standard is so low that McCarthy is oftentimes like a, a quite decent coach compared to the guy he's going against. This is not one of those cases, but he does have a major personnel advantage. Dallas has so much more firepower. Do we know is Tyreek Tyreek should be back for this one, right? It's, um, if he isn't, it's a high ankle sprain, which is not good. Um, we don't have him ranked super high, so it looks like you know as a result he's he's probably you know not close to a hundred percent. He was didn't practice practicing. That sucks. No, that that sounds to me like it might be a high ankle sprain. And that was a nasty looking tackle. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was like a Roy Williams horse collar. It's, it's almost a miracle he didn't. You know, you know the Moose Smith case. I'm sure. Um, um, I was there for that game. Why are you at every one of these games? I used to go to every Ravens game. Oh, okay. I just saw just... Uh, Kevin Smith, the Lions running back. Uh, I saw his career get pretty much cut short. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, every every, every uh, historical photo, there's a there's John somewhere in the, the background. He's doing this. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, in any case, I, I, I love Mike McDaniel. I want him to win this game, but I, I just don't think he has the help. Jalen Waddle, of course, is a monster, as he showed last week. Uh, it's not like he, uh, he it's not like he can't step up, but Dallas's offense, uh, I guess this, I guess the, this is an interesting test for Dak because the Fangio factor, I would imagine is, is kind of one of those f- things that's particularly threatening to Dak. Like Dak, 
is is at once kind of ambitious with how much he tries to read the defense and how much he tries to 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 kind of um edit things before the snap but against Fangio it's really easy to guess wrong and when, when you can see when, when Dak gets confused like when when something he's expecting to see isn't there he kind of struggles with it in a game it's like he he I don't know if it's like he needs to see the the film after the game to figure it out but like in the moment he kind of just keeps struggling in a game if he starts struggling at all and yeah Ramsey and Howard are not very good at this point honestly it's not like mm. those corners are scary but the coverages might fool Dak and Howard and Ramsey can both make a play on the ball still. It's more like they can't turn and run like they used to. But if, if they're playing, you know, the ball in front of them, see ball, get ball, they're, they're still dangerous as far as that goes. And I'm a little worried about Dak uh, in that one respect. But it's, it's just the same. The Dallas defense gives a lot of cause for concern for Tua on the other side, you know, probably more than whatever the Dolphins poses at to Dak. So, I, I would take Dallas to win, but it's it's not because I think they'll play a better game exactly. It's just like I just think they have more ammo. It's or you said uh, my or the Cowboys or the Dolphins. The cow, sorry, Cowboys have more ammo, I think. Mm. And uh, I'm not, again, I don't I don't expect them to kind of like play as well or have as good of a game plan as the Dolphins, but especially if Tyreek's I don't know, maybe eighty five percent playing. I don't know. One thing, I guess, if Dan Quinn keeps running the defense the way that he did against the Bills, Mike McDaniel can probably find some looks for Mostert. But it's, it's I guess, at the very least, for the Dolphins to make to, to get the win here, it's like they need Mostert and A-Chan to show up and, and carry the offense, which they have shown the ability to do. It's just you'd really like the offense's prospects more if, if it were like, yeah, they, they have Tyreek Hill. The offense runs through him. It's real simple. This way, it's like McDaniel, if he pulls this off, he he really is the man. I feel like the the weeks in which Mostert and, and A-Chan have their, have their best games, it's not because the offense needed them to necessarily. It's sort of like they were already killing the other team, and then they're just like, oh, check this out, too. Like, we have the two fastest running backs, and you're already tired. Like, we're just going to bludgeon you like this the rest of the way and score a bunch of touchdowns and get a bunch of you it's not like that you know they've run into a situation where it's like uh the passing game is not working we need the run game to to save us here and then it saves them I don't think that that happens for the Dolphins fair enough but the the Bills offense did not have any threat uh you know they didn't have like a they didn't have like a balanced downfield offense last week and they still put the Dallas run defense in hell oh, basically. Wonder. And yeah. so again, Dan Quinn will have to do something differently than he did in that game. He just would not adjust. It was unbelievable. Uh, but he'll have to hear if he doesn't McDaniel will find that. And I, I hmm. think that even without Tyreek, it's like if Jalen Waddle is enough analogous to Stefan Diggs, and the rest of the bills offense is irrelevant enough that I, I really think that, McDaniel with Mostert and A-Chan can make the same kind of thing happen if Dallas insists on trying to approach the run the same way as they did the last week. Yeah. Uh, I I wonder if like James... Also, Dallas on the road. Yeah, Dallas on the road. Very, very bad, at least relative to what they are at home. Uh, Let's go Patriots-Broncos. Probably not a lot to say here. Broncos, six and a half point favorites. Broncos um, at home season kind of on the line they need they need to do this here Patriots looked more 
akin to what we expected last week at following their win in Pittsburgh the week prior. I mean, how how sunk is uh is this Denver run game? I, I guess is my main fantasy question for this one. Well, in this matchup, it's pretty bleak because the Patriots have just been really good against the run all year. So I think that the problem with the Broncos run game, or at least Javante Williams's issue is just that they're running an offense that's just built to give cover to Russell Wilson. Like it's not so much that it's like, how do we threaten the field? How do, how do we find openings for our guys? It's more like, how do we protect Russell Wilson so that he doesn't end up looking like he did in 2022. And the way you do that is by running a lot to a predictable extent, Uh, running a lot without any sort of pass threat that you play off of it to, to, to jar the defense loose. It's just the deep, the field just keeps constricting on them more and more and more every week. And the, the Broncos offense as, as it has been all year, but it, as we're seeing with more clarity now, it's all about getting about 40 yards away from the end zone and throwing it up at Cortland Sutton and praying to God that it lands in his area and that's the offense. It's it's all that they got. And to set that up, they have to kind of send Williams into the teeth of the defense enough times that the defense sets that way and leaves open that downfield sideline shot to Sutton. It's it's bleak. Uh, I think you know Williams is doing a good enough job, but he's short yardage depend, uh, short yard touchdown dependent. You know PPR catch dependent it's not likely that he gets a lot of yardage from scrimmage in any given game, especially this one. No, definitely not. So um, yeah, the the Patriots run defense, definitely scary. The the Broncos. Yeah. They they were just kind of getting, getting all these wins just kind of by winning the fluky turnover battle. Second that dries up and and that luck dries up. um, we, we kind of get a clear glimpse of, of who they really are. They need to play teams close. Like I, I, I don't, think that they can beat a terrible team by by a touchdown or at least that that i trust <laughs> um so i you know i'd like the patriots to somehow find a way to, to cover here i think the broncos win by like a field goal late and nobody feels good about anything uh at the end of the of the night on christmas eve um let's get to the the christmas day triple header uh, before we head out raiders chiefs chiefs 10 point favorites at home uh, it's not encouraging that the Chiefs signed Memphis Anthony Miller. Uh, that's oh, crazy. Wow. Uh, yeah, th- Andy Reid seems to think that he just needs to find more slot receivers to play on the boundary. Like he, that, he thinks that's the issue. Like I got to get more slot receivers lining up outside. Uh, Sky Moore isn't enough. He needs some help. Get him Anthony Miller or Richie James. Sky Moore needs to be cut. He needs to be moved into the slot, in my opinion. Like, they're giving him routes that he's just bad at. They're, they're asking, like, a shooting guard to play power forward, you know? It's like, mm. stop it. Just stop doing that. And they, Andy Reid is just blind enough about receivers that he can't find it in him to care. And Brett Veach is, is as the GM, like, uh, you know, don't you think that guy I took in the second round is pretty good? Don't you think we should get him on the field? Like, I'm, I'm a pretty good GM, right? So he's probably a good receiver. No need to bench him, right? And, you know, Kadarius Tony, similarly, it's like, hey, I traded for him. He's probably pretty good. Uh, it's a mess. Uh, Rasheed Rice is their only real receiver. They got to, I've been saying it for like three months now. They got to get Rice everywhere. They got to they gotta make him their CD lamb, basically. And line mm. him up everywhere and have Marquez Valdez-Scantling play uh, 
primarily in the slot, in my opinion, because he, he can at least run with a free release there and pull the safety. He gets jammed up on the boundary. But uh, Rasheed Rice, knock on wood, is rolling enough. Even against Nate Hobbs, that's a tough matchup. But even against Nate Hobbs, I just think Rice is too good. And, and Mahomes has become really dependent on Rice. And I, I think, uh, you know, especially since Kelsey's still going to draw his customary level of attention, it's like even if Hobbs is on Rice, Mahomes because he has such a compelling need to can find a reason to, you know, a way to make it all grind through if need be. But uh, yeah, I don't know what to make of it. Like if this is going to be like a shootout or something, I, the, the chief's defense, in my opinion, is pretty good. Arrowhead tends to be pretty hostile. And also, you know, the, the quarterbacks that make it at Arrowhead tend to be extremely strong armed quarterbacks. Aiden O'Connell is not that. So no. uh, like, Philip Rivers had as many interceptions as touchdowns at Arrowhead in his career. Figure that out. What? Okay. All right. That's a that's a scary detail for for those uh, thinking about uh, backing Raiders in this spot. Um, what would you do um, with uh, Josh Jacobs if he's available in this one? And if he's not, if you streamed Zamir White last week, would you be comfortable doing that again? White, I would not feel comfortable about exactly, but if, if Jacobs were out, you know, you have to have White over someone like whatever Chase Brown or some other potential flex type play that someone's looking at, even though they, they didn't really want to end up there. Uh, White, I, I still don't know if he's any good exactly, but uh, the Chiefs are probably worse against the run than they are against the pass. And if, if Jacobs is active, I, I am definitely rolling with him. And, and White's uh, is probably something like a uh, – in the event that Jacobs is out, White is probably, I guess, like a running back, uh, I don't know, like 25 or something. Okay. Usable. Usable. Yeah, yeah. Um, and would you be comfortable starting Pacheco coming off that injury? <laughs> if, uh, this is such a weird case, in my opinion. Like, I feel like a shoulder surgery should – should be like such a painful like swelling response kind of thing that there'd be no way he could return and it, i really do wonder if he has like i don't know some kind of just f- fake shoulder problem that they were clearing up because they, they must not have gone very far into the shoulder uh if he's active and he's healthy it's tough to put him on the bench you know because i think the chiefs win this game pacheco can play and if he's healthy he'll he'll, he'll come through but uh yeah, I can't. I just don't know how we're supposed to know if this is the kind of shoulder thing that keeps him at like eight carries in a game versus like fifteen or whatever. And Clyde Edwards-Helaire did just enough last week that you could imagine Andy Reid doing like a little bit of a hot hand thing. Yeah, uh, it's t- it's like it's extremely volatile flex play kind of thing. I think, uh, and it all comes down to what what workload he's given. Because if he, if he's given the workload, I have no concerns with Pacheco. I think he's totally decent. No, he he. Should be, but you know, I am worried about the workload. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I think that that's that's enough to steer you to like. I'd probably start t- Ty Chandler over him this week, for for example. Yeah, if Madison is out, I would. Yeah, yeah. So that's where we're at there. Um, let's go Giants Eagles. Eagles, losers of worst team ever, ever. Worst ever. team ever. They're they're floundering. Uh, it's over. The window's closed already. Who who knew? Um, but Nick Sirianni, he looks stupid again. We're, we're saying he does. this guy looked like an idiot. It, right, right. I mean, uh, we remember him making some weird like flower analogy um, back in his first year of coaching them. 
and then he, you know, gets his Eagles to the Super Bowl last year. Everything's all all honky dory. They're they're at ten and one at one point. Now they're ten and four. Not good. Sus. Um, yeah, their their whole problem is they tried to make an air raid offense with Jalen Hurts, which is just all kinds of ridiculous and it's 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 hubris it's it's uh it's naive it is you know it's naive to think like and you can tell they're falling hook line and sinker for like the gospel of today that like you gotta throw more if you want to take the next level as an offense you just you simply gotta throw more push the button throw more number go up and it's not that simple it's it's a dynamic you know interaction between offenses and defenses and um, basically the Eagles have run their offense in such a narrow, you know, monotonous way that defense has got their beats figured out. It's like, we know where you go. We know when you go there, we know how long it takes you to get there. We know from which formations you do anything in particular and you can't run anymore either. Somehow you, you, you the guy who's a backup for the Panthers right now, you, you subtracted him from the offense and somehow got worse in the run game. Like, I'm sorry. DeAndre Swift might have some kind of limitation or another. He might he might be some sort of a fraud or another. I don't know. But he is better than Miles Sanders. He is obviously better than Miles Sanders. And somehow they're getting less with it. That that's um that's a failure to take it seriously enough, in my opinion. They did not care about running the ball, and it shows. And Hertz is unfairly left with the bag. I mean, it's not his fault. He's not supposed to be throwing thirty plus passes per game. You're supposed to run it ten times, throw it twenty five to thirty times and let a running back pick up pretty much the rest of that slack. And when you run on offense that way, the defense gets spread thinner and AJ Brown becomes completely unstoppable up to a, like 12 target per game kind of thing. But they were, they just were basically like, well, what, what if we just throw it 40 times that the number will just keep going up? No, it's not how it works. Too many conditional statements that go into it. When, uh, when Jalen hurts, you know, basically made himself a, a legitimate NFL quarterback prospect, he was throwing fewer than 25 passes a game still right. in Oklahoma. He was just lethally efficient with those he's attempts. He's great at some things. And then there's other things that he's just not very good at. And the Eagles were just simply decided, let's have him do those things too. Or let's do the few things that he does do well so often that the defense knows for sure when we're doing anything in particular. Yep. So the, it, it's a mess there in, in Philly. Like, I, I don't know if it, if, you know they, they might just take out their their frustrations on the Giants for all we know that this yeah week... they're still a good team they're still good but they're not as good as they should be and they're not as good as they were last year no so I mean I, I still regardless of, of what happens the rest of the way I still think I would like the Cowboys over them and I, I definitely yeah. uh, like the Niners over them um, oh, and yeah. it wouldn't completely shock me if they blew it against the Buccaneers if that if that ended up happening. That would be bleak, but you're right. It's it's a non-zero possibility for sure. Thank you. I, I, those are my favorite kind. Um, <laughs> on the, the Giants side, any fantasy considerations whatsoever? Is this going to be a steamrolling? Um, the the Slay situation is worth monitoring. I guess um, if he's out, you know that that's that's just kind of bad corner personnel that they're rolling out. And uh, yeah, I guess I'd take. Uh, someone like Slayton or Hyatt, I guess, could do something, and uh, even Wandale, I guess, like the slot's been a problem too. So, um, I think the Eagles win by quite a bit, but uh, I don't know, 11 and a half kind of feels as if they're they're expecting the the Giants to not score any points, and I 
I don't know if I expect that exactly. It's I, I just expect uh, I expect the Eagles to be safe. I don't know if they, if I expect them to be two touchdowns safe. Yeah, I don't either. I, I think the the Giants um, Giants keep keep pushing. You know, last week was was kind of inevitable, I guess, for for them to come back uh, to to earth. But um, you know, I can see them being plucky in this spot on Christmas Day. Let's finish it out. Ravens Niners. Uh, the Ravens losing Keaton Mitchell uh, was was a real uh, lose the battle, win the war type, type of thing. But uh, maybe I'm misusing that. But either way, that's bad. They have no speed left uh, yeah, in the backfield it. other other than Lamar. I do think that Lamar might run a little bit more as a result of this. I mean, he did run for almost 100 yards uh, last week. I think he ran for like 70-something against the Rams the, the week prior. But, yeah, there's no speed in that backfield anymore. So, I mean, it's it's going to be tough for Baltimore to do to do what it normally does uh, out here. But, you know, they've been good as underdogs under Lamar. I just think the Niners are, are just too damn good right now. I think, the, I think the Niners win by touchdown plus. Touchdown plus. Um, I don't expect the 49ers to move the ball that easily unless they manage to gas the Ravens defense and then the run game gets going. But one thing the the 49ers can't do is throw the ball that much. Uh, Like the reason Brock Purdy is very clearly not the MVP is because his effectiveness is contingent on the 49ers limiting his exposure a certain amount. Like you don't see him getting in, you know, 30 plus pass attempt games. You see him throwing like 25 to 27 times, and it's always like he completes 20 of them. And that means the the, the detail there is basically like the the same lesson as the the Eagles offense, only Shanahan actually knows the right way to do it, which is you you get the defense spread out thin such that and then find like an allocation of, of usage such that all the input, all the outputs are like maximum efficiency. Like he's just, he's just finding that like equilibrium where it's like all the outputs are, are maximum efficiency. And if you start to change the volume levels as to what, uh, you know, to whatever, for whatever purpose, if you start to change those, those inputs, everything else is liable to renegotiate too. This is all conditional. And if, in other words, if Purdy starts throwing like 35 plus times, then he gets put in these situations that he was not put in previously and that don't turn out as good as they previously did. So I think the 49ers need to stay in the run game and they, that's, that's not like, that's not the best thing to have to do when you're playing the Ravens. So I think the 49ers got to play it careful actually on offense, which I, I don't know how much that would lend to like the big play production that they've become accustomed to. Uh, the Ravens have a lot of legitimate strengths at the points that are legitimate strengths for the 49ers. Uh, they, the, the Ravens can challenge the 49ers on offense in ways that pretty much no defense the 49ers have seen this year can. So right. it's I, I think I think I expect like a lower scoring kind of game. And uh, I, I guess we'll see. I mean, I, it's it's tough for me to think through Lamar versus that defense, but I am worried for Lamar because, um, you know, Eric DaCosta did not get the assemblage of talent that he should have on this team. And, you know, it's, it's a difficult spot for Lamar now. It's, it's a, it's, it's tough, but if they can beat this 49ers defense, it's the same key as everybody. You got to be able to get three corners on the field and you got to get one of Lenore or Ambry Thomas in single coverage and you have to make them pay 
for it because Odell, I guess, could lose Traverius Ward in single coverage, but if he can't play 40 snaps, that's only going to get you so far. Zay Flowers is just like a wide receiver two type. And uh, Odell is playing about that much. Like he's trending up as far as the snaps go. I saw your tweets a couple weeks ago. I keep an eye on these things. Pretty much. He's pretty much getting there. Uh, Last week they just, it was a weird game plan. Yeah. I thought weird game. I don't think the Ravens played all that well. I thought the Jags just played terrible. Yeah. Um, But um, Lamar did. It was amazing to be there in person for the the magic show. That was Lamar uh, escaping Smoot's sack and then um, getting hit, throwing that deep pass to, to likely, which was a perfect spiral. Oh yeah. Unreal throw. Um, And catch. Yes, yeah, le- likely might be a stud. Um, so he's he's definitely a huge X factor in this one. I do, if he's healthy, um, expect Zay Flowers to be more involved this week. I don't think that the six targets that Rashad Bateman got was a sign of a good game plan. I think that gets scaled back. I think we see more Odell. I think we see more Zay Flowers this week. Um, but Baltimore is kind of mono- monochromatic, unable to run the ball uh, in traditional ways. Then I, I think that they end up uh, being in trouble. So um, I, I, I like the Niners to, to get this one done. And I think conventionally, as far as like your fantasy lineup uh, decisions are concerned, you start your Niners as you normally would. And I think for, for the Ravens, I think you'd start Lamar still. Uh, I think you'd start likely. And maybe Gus is a flex, maybe Odell is a flex, but that's as deep as I'd go. I like Odell a lot more than I, I, Odell's my favorite Ravens skill player in this one. Okay. All right. Cause just cause the, the speed downfield element, I think he can hurt ward and that maybe that's actually key. Like having one corner, having one receiver who can make ward need a little help because ward generally does not need help. And, uh, ward, ward is better against like bigger receivers than he is, uh, guys who can, you know, cut and lose him. Yeah, no, I, I see it. That that checks out. Either way, I'm excited to have my Christmas night uh, ruined by by this game. So, <laughs> but, well, <laughs> uh, I I still remember Antonio Brown in 2016 stiff arming Eric Weddle into the end zone to beat the Ravens and knock the Ravens out of the playoffs with one week to still to go. It's just like, oh my god, I'm down so bad on Christmas right now. This is. This is horrendous, but that didn't really happened. Part I'm, two. I'm, I'm part two, uh, the saddening. Um, so <laughs> I look forward to that. But otherwise, um, best of luck to everybody out there. Really appreciate all the questions in the live stream, in the chat. Um, appreciate all the well wishes coming our, our way, all, all the happy holidays and Merry Christmases. We really appreciate that. Same and wish you the guys. same for y'all. Absolutely. And Mario, to you, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. <laughs> you too, man. <laughs> my guy. Um, let's see here. A big thanks to our sponsors. Again, uh, our friends over at Circa, our friends over at Odds Are, and our friends at Splash Sports, in addition to um, our hosting service over on the Blue Wire Network. Uh, for Mario Puig, I'm John McKechnie. Best of luck this weekend, everybody, and we'll, we'll see you next week when, we're, when we uh, help you deliver a fantasy championship in Week 17. Try RotoWire today, free for 10 days. Get our premium tools, rankings, analysis, and breaking news alerts. No credit card required. Go to rotowire.com forward slash try.